the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, everyone. Good to be here today with you. My name is Trish Regan. I am the host of Trish Intel and very happy to be in for my friend Dennis Prager on this show with you because we have some stuff to talk about, do we not? I'd call this a real smoking gun. That's what this is, this new text that's been uncovered by the New York Post and uncovered by Rudy Giuliani, courtesy of this laptop from Hunter Biden, this alleged laptop, I guess I should say, because some formerly in the intelligence community want you to know that it's Russian disinformation, although I spoke with one source very close to all of this who said not Russian disinformation at all. The laptop itself, it's real. The texts are real. The emails are real. And one of the people on the emails has now come out, one of Hunter Biden's former former uh, associates there, who was on the email, and, and he has confirmed publicly that it's all real. Anyway, this unbelievable text that has come out that, that we've got to talk about. You know, I have spent my career covering the economy, covering finance, covering business, and uh I don't like the sound of this. You know, this is the, this is the whole swamp, right? This is what America was fighting back against. We don't like the idea of our politicians being on the take. But what this all seems to imply is that the former vice president of the United States may, in fact, have been on the take here, collecting a percentage of his son's income struck, you know, or made via deals that were struck on the Biden name. So let's get to this here. Let's get to this. And by the way, the media, you know, they they don't care about it at all. I mean, we've got a big debate tonight and we'll see if this comes up. I suspect it won't. Um, But uh, I I do want to share with you this text from Hunter Biden to his daughter about pop, about pop. Um, Hunter Biden allegedly wrote to his daughter complaining about his role in the Biden family business saying, and I quote, I hope you can all do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. And it has been tough. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. (laughs) Unlike pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. Well, that's kind of interesting. hmm? This again was discovered uh, by the New York Post by Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani, who says he's still going through the hard drive, has found uh, some rather unsavory things as well. But that's all related to Hunter Biden, as far as we know. Um, But this certainly, it just doesn't sound good, right? You know, unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. And then you combine that with the other email, the other email out there that says, uh, Basically that, you know, 10 was being held for the big guy. It turns out one of the recipients 
one of Hunter Biden's former business partners, has now publicly come out and confirmed that this is referring to none other than Joe Biden. The big guy is apparently Joe Biden. And this is where it gets a little bit complicated because don't forget the, the email in question here is the one that, that detailed how a deal would be set up between Hunter Biden and his associates with a Chinese energy company, a company connected, by the way, I should point out to the CCP, the, the Communist Party of China, because in fact, CNN reported back in 2018 that at its height, CEFC, that's the company, was, quote, hard to distinguish from the Chinese government. Oh, lovely, lovely. Uh, the U.S. government, by the way, had charged the CEFC uh or rather, a, a company funded by CEFC, with money laundering. And its CEO was detained by Chinese authorities back in 2018, and we haven't heard from him since. But this is the guy that, that Hunter Biden was allegedly striking the deal with. Hello, everyone. I'm in for Dennis today. My name is Trish Regan. I'm the host of Trish Intel, the Trish Regan Show. Do download the podcast. Go to the website. We're covering this day in and day out because, again, my background in business and in finance um, – you know, has me asking a lot of questions, and I don't understand why more people in the media are not asking. Well, you know, unfortunately, I hate to be cynical. I think we all understand why they're not asking the questions. We'll get to that coming up. I want to encourage you to call in one eight 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 two four three seven 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 six one eight Prager P R A G E R seven seven six one eight Prager seven seven six. Trish Regan here with you. So let's get back to this this email here where a number of people were on it, and one has come forward. Uh, Tony Boblinski is his name. He's come forward, and uh, he's one of the, the people on this chain, formerly a business partner of Hunter Biden's. And he says when the, he's talking about the big guy there, 10 being held for the big guy, that the big guy is Joe Biden. Huh. Don't forget. Don't forget that Joe Biden came out and told a Fox reporter who asked about this about a year ago that, you know, he had never had any discussions with his son about his business dealings. But according to Tony Boblinski, who's on this email chain, they absolutely did discuss because he said, uh, you know, he, he remembers Hunter Biden saying to him that, you know, whenever they were discussing deals, the Hunter Biden need to go back and needed to go back and, and talk to the big guy or my chairman. That's how he referenced his dad, um, because he wanted the big guy or the chairman to sign off on various deals that they had been discussing. So that's uh, interesting. <laughs> Scary. Um, you know, look, there's nothing. I mean, it may seem unsavory and, you know, we don't like the idea of politicians, kids. You know, out there making money just based on their family name, but it happens, and there's nothing illegal about it. But nonetheless, uh, it seems that Hunter Biden got that job at Burisma over in Ukraine uh, f to the tune of $600,000 a year for sitting. By the way, that's a really good paying board gig, just saying, because, you know, that's, that's a lot for a board gig. But apparently um, he had no background. No background in energy, no background in Ukraine. It's not like he spoke Ukrainian or had been over there doing business dealings. He had kind of a checkered past, unfortunate challenges with drugs, et cetera, and had left the military. And suddenly he winds up getting a pretty nice, pretty sweet deal for himself. And now, per this laptop that was turned over to the FBI about seven months ago, uh, 
all all this information has come forward, and it's in part thanks to Rudy Giuliani, who took the story to the New York Post. Apparently, the guy out of Delaware who had been handed the laptop, he made a copy of the hard drive and gave it to Rudy. Again, FBI has had this for seven months, and so, you know, you wonder, haven't they been doing their due diligence? Um, you know, there's a lot of questions that, that need to be asked here, and I think it's certainly appropriate to be asking him, Joe Biden, that is. I mean, he's running for president, right? And yet nobody's asking these questions. It's, it's like it just hasn't happened. And you've got big media and big tech actively suppressing this story. And, and I refuse to engage in that. I mean, I, I think that in some ways their suppression of the story, if you would, is now becoming the story. Because, you know, you could say, oh, you know, maybe this was just Hunter, et cetera, and he was doing some nefarious stuff. But the fact that they won't even report on it and that they're trying to censor what we can see, what we cannot see, that is problematic. That tells you technology companies and media companies have gotten way too big, right? And they're no longer looking out for consumers. We're going to get to all of that. But again, back to what's at hand here, because I think given what Tony Boblinski has said, we need to be asking questions here. He's effectively saying, you know what? Joe Biden was involved in this. And then we've got these emails, these alleged emails. I'll give everybody the benefit of the doubt. The alleged emails, um, even though the head of various agencies, well, the Department of Intelligence, right? John Radcliffe is saying that this, these are real emails. This is a real laptop. It's not like they were planted by the Russians, as they want you to think. Anyway, uh, this stuff is real. And, and Boblinsky's saying that 10 being held by H means 10% of the deal being held for Joe Biden, being held by H for the big guy. So I, I, I'm just saying I think this is a little bit of a problem. Now, again, it would be one thing if Hunter Biden was just engaging in some of this, you know, all on his own, right, and, and wasn't actually involving his father. But if he's involving his father and the father is taking meetings with executives at a Ukrainian energy company, taking meetings in Washington, D.C., while he simultaneously is influencing Ukraine policy, it's a little bit sketchy. And then you got to ask the question, did Joe Biden know? I mean, he had to have known his son was making 600 grand off the board deal. Didn't he worry that that could look a bit awkward, right, for him? You know, church and state, church and state, let's keep family business and, you know, the business of the White House separate. Anyway, we've got a lot more coming up. Trish Regan here with you for the day. In for Dennis. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about big media and big tech after this. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first, but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free, I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com. 
or call 800-500-8384. All right, everyone, as all eyes in the political world turn to Belmont University in Nashville tonight, side of the final debate between President Trump and Joe Biden, one topic certain to come up will be the administration's efforts to tackle COVID-19. But less likely, less likely to be discussed will be the impact that the virus um, and state and local leaders have had on religious freedom during this pandemic. That's where my friends at Alliance Defending Freedom have parachuted in to help protect your religious rights. ADF likes to quote these important words written by U.S. Attorney General William Barr. The Constitution doesn't get suspended during times of crisis. But in America in 2020, that's exactly what happened. In response, Alliance Defending Freedom took legal action well over a dozen times, scoring 14 victories for churches and religious ministries whose governments engaged in blatant religious discrimination. That is ADF's mission, and they're winning. Many of you have responded to ADF's emergency actions and already made donations at DennisPrager.com by clicking on the ADF banner at the top of his homepage. But as grateful as Dennis is for those generous gifts, we have a, a long way to go from the commitment he's made to enlist Dennis Prager Show listeners to financially support ADF. So... I'm asking you for your personal help. We need to raise $5,000 today, and I know, I know we can do it. At least if you give $100, $1,000, $2,500 right now, I realize a gift of that size doesn't apply to everyone, but do what you can, because if everyone can make their best gift right now, then we're going to meet the goal of fully funding our commitment to Alliance Defending Freedom. Just go to DennisPrager.com, click on the ADF banner, or on your phone, you can give to 855-649-2020. That's 855-649-2020. And together, we can join and help our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom. You know, freedom is so important right now. Freedom is so critical, and we are seeing our freedoms under fire. We're seeing our freedom of speech being trampled all over on. Just consider what's been going on as people try and share the story. The New York Post reporting on Twitter. Twitter actually locking their accounts, locking the account of the Trump campaign just days before an election because they dared to share the New York Post story. I mean, there's something there's something really off here. There was a former executive at Twitter that was just on CNN the other day, and he was saying he thought the president should be locked out of both Twitter and Facebook. You know, and that that was extreme, but, you know, extreme times come, call for extreme measures. I mean, you see how there's sort of, I would argue, almost a fascist approach to this. It's like our way or the highway. We don't like what you're saying. We don't like your reporting. Therefore, we are going to call it disinformation and we are simply going to shut it down. Heck, you want to talk disinformation. Remember the disinformation over the Christopher Steele Christopher Steele dossier, the so-called dirty dossier that was shared and that was uh, reported on, reported on by the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, all the mainstream networks. That was somehow fine, right, for them to report on that, which, by the way, was actually disinformation. 
we've since learned. I mean, we, we had a two-year investigation by Robert Mueller. We had $30-plus million of our taxpayer money that went to fund that whole thing, only to learn that none of it was true. And not only that, the guy that Christopher Steele, who was you know being paid by the Hillary Clinton campaign, the guy that he used to gather all that intel... That guy was somebody that the, the FBI, our own FBI, suspected of being a Russian spy. I mean, honestly, you can't make this stuff up. But the minute we have this laptop come forward, which basically you know, seems to insinuate that Joe Biden's son was working on behalf of his dad and his family to, to earn a living for, for everyone, suddenly that's disinformation. And Twitter wants to shut it down. And Facebook, Andy Stone, the former, uh, you know, Democratic op who worked for Barbara Boxer and worked for a number of uh, Democratic uh, committees, of super PACs, he's out there saying that they, they need to check the story and they're going to suppress it basically until they can fully fact check it. I mean, what they are doing to our freedom, to our freedom of speech, our First Amendment is truly horrific. And it's important, I think, that we stick together. This is what I'm committed to the issue. I know Dennis is committed to the issue, and I know you're committed to the issue. If you're listening to this show right now, again, Trish Regan here with you today. Trish Regan in for my friend Dennis Prager, 18Prager776. Please join us. Let's continue our discussion as we work together right now to defend all of our freedoms, including our freedom of speech our freedom to protect ourselves, and our freedom to prosper. You know, that's also under fire right now as we look at at a team that would basically take us in a very bad direction towards socialism. Poor New York, New York City, one and a half million people can't afford food in New York City right now. And this this is sort of self-induced, right? We're the ones that shut ourselves down. These local lawmakers, whether it's Comrade Bill de Blasio in New York City, whether it's Governor Cuomo, whether it's Gretchen Whitmer out uh, in the middle of the country, I mean, whether it's Gavin Newsom on the West Coast, you have a lot of lawmakers right now that are actively looking to shut us down. And they're doing it in the name of protecting us, right? But how exactly are they protecting us when now Americans can't earn a living and take care of their own families. California and Florida, that's two great examples everybody should pay attention to. You know why? They get Disney World in Orlando, in Florida. They get Disneyland in Anaheim. And you know what they're talking about doing at Disney out in California? Laying off 28,000 people because Gavin Newsom has made it so onerous and so difficult for them to reopen, right? These are two different approaches to the economy. You can tax and tax and tax, which is exactly what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are talking about doing. You can tax or you can get out of the way and trust individuals to actually take care of themselves and trust businesses to do the right thing. Do you think any business in America wants to be responsible for spreading this thing? I don't think so, you know, because that's actually going to reflect pretty poorly on the business itself, thereby reducing demand for their product for their you know a restaurant for example a restaurant owner the restaurants are getting shut down left and right in in new york city going out of business um 
you know, they, they don't want to contribute to the spread of this. But again, no respect for individuals because Bill de Blasio and Governor Andrew Cuomo, they think they know better. They think they know better than you. I've told you before, I come from a live free or die country, the great granite state of New Hampshire. And live free or die, you know what? That means something. And it should mean something to every American, regardless of party, really and truly, because we are, we are at heart all individuals. And when you lose respect for the individual, you lose respect for America. We have a lot to talk about. There's a big debate coming up. I am Trish Regan, host of Trish Intel. You can see me at TrishIntel.com. I'll be right back after this. Welcome back, everyone. I am Trish Regan in for Dennis Prager today. Good to talk with all of you. I was going to say good to see you. I'm used to seeing you on TV, but it's good to talk with all of you. You know, I'm just stunned. I'm amazed and frankly disgusted with journalism right now. Journalism, which has become uh, effectively a kind of activism, right? Let, let's be honest, because it's like a it's like a wing of the Democratic Party. Um, I want to share with you what the editor at NPR is saying. Um, they're tweeting out. Why haven't you seen any stories from NPR about the New York Post Hunter Biden story? And they tell you why. And they say, and we quote, I quote, we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners and readers time on stories that are just pure distractions. Really, <laughs> It's just a distraction. You know, this idea that perhaps Joe Biden may have been making money off of his son's dealings, his son trading off the family name and his father's position. And, and that's not worth your time. It's not worth paying attention to. But somehow, somehow, the whole fake steel dossier, that was worth paying attention to. Right. You see, once again, the double standard here that is truly dangerous. Um, one of Hunter Biden's associates, as I was reporting earlier, has now come forward and said that, yeah, you know, it, it, he did talk with his father quite regularly about his business dealings and that he referred to his father as uh, the big guy or as his chairman and that he would need to consult his chairman or the big guy on various deals that they were doing. And so when you couple that together with this this email chain, right, where he's talking about holding 10 for the big guy, effectively 10 percent of the deal for the big guy, um, that that's kind of problematic and, and worth addressing, right? You can't just ignore the elephant in the room. But what do you think they're going to do tonight? we got this big debate happening, 9 p.m. Eastern on uh, NBC. And the debate commission and the reporter herself have put together the the subject lines, right? And and they, they're, they're, or the content that they want to address. And what's amazing to me is... Foreign affairs is not even in there. Foreign affairs is not part of a presidential debate. You don't think that that's worth covering? Let me share with you what they've got in there. They've got fighting COVID-19, race in America, climate change, of course, <laughs> American families, national leadership, forgive me, national security, and then leadership is one entire, you know, other category. You can call into the show, 1-8-Prager-776. Trish Regan here with you today in for my friend Dennis, 1-888-243-7776. So, uh, you know, climate change is in there. 
Vogue magazine had an article out today saying how happy they were climate change. Finally, they're going to talk about climate change in the debate they were writing. But yet, foreign affairs is not. I mean, this is the office of the presidency, and they're not going to talk about foreign affairs. Is that perhaps because, and I think people in the Trump camp would tell you this, is it because that that leaves Joe Biden too vulnerable to talk of China and Ukraine and, and possible Russian money laundering that could have been going on? Uh, these accusations are coming left and right. And you know what? Joe Biden himself is not willing to address them. He just says it's a smear campaign, but he's never actually denied them. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. You know what? There are two people in the world that could clear this up really fast. Their names are Hunter and Joe Biden. If the laptop is not real, if the emails are not real, if none of this happened, just tell us that, right? And then it could go away. But when you just stick your head in the sand and try and ignore it, or even worse, you actually go and attack the CBS news reporter who asked you about this over the weekend, you know, and, 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 and say it's a smear campaign, but you, you know, you, you just assume, of course, he would ask that question because he traffics in this kind of stuff. I mean, isn't that, by the way, doing exactly what you accuse Donald Trump of doing? You, know, you say he, he gets too mad at the, the reporters for just trying to do their job, and yet you get mad at the CBS News reporter. George Stephanopoulos, who used to work for Clinton, he does a whole 90-minute town hall with you and, and never even asks this question about the New York Post reporting. I think that that's really... That's really pretty sad right now. It it shows you the state we're in. The media hates him so much that they are willing to ignore a very important story. I'll tell you, I'm not. I'm not. Trish Regan (laughs) will not ignore this, will not be silenced, and only wants the truth. And that's what I'm after. And I know if you're listening to this show and you're a fan of of Dennis, you are too. So we are like-minded people. I am here with you today in for Dennis. Don't go anywhere. The Dennis Prager Show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trish Regan, and I am in for Dennis today. You know what you missed during commercial? You missed, (laughs) lucky you, hearing the Senate Democrats hold a little news conference Uh, in in which they talked about Amy Coney Barrett. You know, they don't like her a whole lot. They're not very happy that she's going to be confirmed. Their argument still is that, you know, there's an election that's happening and and, and Americans need to vote. And you, you can't actually nominate someone to the Supreme Court, let alone confirm them, given that there's election, an election going on. I mean, look, here's the deal. They're not going to get their way on this one. And you know what? Their way doesn't make any sense because it's not constitutionally accurate nor correct. It is the president's constitutional duty to nominate someone for the Supreme Court. And you know what else? It's the Senate's constitutional duty to take up that nomination. All right. And, and I get they're still bitter about, you know, what happened before. And well, let's just face it. President Obama didn't have the Senate at that point. Right. So. Unfortunately, that's just how the cards fall, or the, is the chips uh, fall, as they say, and, and they're going to, you know, tough luck, unfortunately for them. I mean, it's political, I guess, like anything else. But nonetheless, we do have a constitution for a reason, and the constitution says it is the president's duty, and it is the Senate's duty to take this up. And so guess what? This is going to be one of the most major legacies. This will be his legacy. President Trump. So regardless of whether or not he gets another four years, let's keep in mind, he has gotten three Supreme Court justices. 
three conservative Supreme Court justices, and you know that's really important right now given the direction our country increasingly has been heading in. Amy Coney Barrett, what an incredible woman. You know, I am a mother of three. I uh, have a pretty big career and, and am very dedicated to it, and, and I, uh, I'm just amazed by her. I really am. I mean, to think seven children and a husband who also has a very big career. And she really is such a tremendous example, I think, for, for young women all over this country that you can actually have it all. You can do it all. Now, you may not want to. And by the way, if you're a real feminist, really and truly, if you believe in equality, then you believe in a woman's right to do whatever she wants. If she wants to stay home with her kids, wonderful. You know what? Families need that. If she wants to go to work, wonderful. Our society needs that. And guess what? If she wants to do both, she should be able to do it. In other words, this whole judgmental idea that you got to do things the way we think you should do it. And by the way, if you happen to be a conservative, you can't be a feminist too. We own that space. You can't actually believe in equality of women or equality of anyone, apparently. If you're a conservative, that's the message that they try and promote. So I think in so many ways, it's wonderful to see her there. And they're just going to have to deal with it. Of course, their way of dealing with it, and this is why this election is so important, is to possibly pack the court, which would destroy our separation of power, something that is you know, clearly so important to what we have been and what we can be. This is our system of government, and they would be willing to to go nuclear on that, to, to destroy our separation of powers, our checks and balances, which has worked so well for 200-plus years. That's how bitter it is right now, and that's how dangerous the political environment has gotten. I'll tell you, I've covered a lot of banana republics in my career down in Latin America. And right now this is feeling increasingly like a banana republic. When you talk about things like court packing, right? That's banana republic-esque, not to mention the socialism stuff that they're trying, which feels very Venezuelan, Bolivian-like. I mean, (laughs) look, guys, it's been tried before all around the world. I mean, we can we can talk about this coming up in the show because I have a lot of feelings on this and I, I feel very, very passionately about the importance of freedom and how capitalism goes hand in hand with that. And I know it's not perfect, but you know what? It sure as heck beats the alternative because we've seen the alternative. We've seen the alternative in Venezuela. We've seen the alternative in Cuba. We've seen the alternative in the former USSR. We've seen the alternative in Bolivia. Listen, it will not work. It does not work. And yet increasingly... Our country is at risk of going in that direction. They want to take from those that earn and give to those that don't. And yet, think about, think about what we're seeing possibly unfold here with the Biden family. And think about this. Do you know? Do you know that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, we just saw the release of her campaign finances, 64% of her campaign's budget in the month of September went to none other than her new hubby, his new company, got over a million bucks from her campaign. I mean, (laughs) I guess she believes in keeping it all in the family, as they say. But really, what does this tell you? It tells you that they're all sort of capitalist at heart. So why not just own it? 
because capitalism actually recognizes and appreciates human nature in a way that socialism simply cannot. And by recognizing that and appreciating that aspect of human nature, you can encourage the good parts and discourage the bad. Right. But if you're going to say, well, I I just think we should, you know, keep everybody uh, on a subsistence level, effectively keeping them as victims. Right. Waiting on government handouts. That's the methodology, if you would. It's very political, really and truly. I mean, down in Venezuela right now, if you want food for your family, they'll give you food every two weeks. They'll give you a box of food. But you have to sign a petition form. You have to sign and, and allege your allegiance to the Maduro regime. And this is how they get you, because you can't ever get ahead enough, but you need that food. You need that subsistence level. And so socialism can be very corrupt. Amazing how the Chavez family down in Venezuela did quite well, right? The Chavez daughters have all kinds of money. And I've heard the Fidel Castro's family has lots of money, those sons. You know, there is money there. It's just going to the most corrupt and the most bureaucratic people. And and capitalism protects against that. And again, not perfect, right? I mean, you know, all of these systems need to be tweaked. Capitalism does need to be tweaked. But it sure as heck beats what we could be otherwise. Don't go anywhere. You can call in Trish Regan here in for Dennis, 1-8-Prager-776. The Dennis Prager Show. Welcome back, everyone. I am Trish Regan, host of the Trish Regan Show, the podcast, which you can get on Spotify and Apple iTunes and iHeart. And uh, Amazon also carries it now as well, Amazon Podcasts. And I would remind you, go to TrishIntel.com, TrishIntel.com, where I'm covering all the stories that matter right now. Because you know what? They don't want you. They don't want you to know what really matters. They really don't. Um... But there's a lot at stake. I mean, we're just talking about socialism, right? And the dangers of socialism. This is something that my friend Dinesh D'Souza gets into. And if if you haven't caught it, I encourage you to. His latest film, Trump Card. It just actually, I was very excited. came up on my my Apple uh, TV the other day. and, And I watched it. And it's terrific. And it really exposes what's unique about modern socialism, who's behind it, why it's so evil, and and how we can help President Trump to stop it. So check it out. Watch Trump Card before it's released to the public at SalemNow.com. If you're looking for a DVD, you won't find it on Amazon because they're uh, out of stock, but you can actually get the DVD at SalemNow.com. So check that out, SalemNow.com. Anyway, we, uh, we are living in a, in, a, in a crazy time, right? where I think the media very much is under fire. I, I've never quite seen anything like it. You know, every, I'll give you a little example. Every time I go on YouTube, so I have the Trish Regan show on YouTube, and you know within minutes, within minutes of being on, the YouTube police come in and they say, you can't monetize that. Imagine that, right? And a lot of it is just very, very straightforward stuff. The other night I was on talking about post-debate stuff. I'll be on tonight again talking about what we see from the debate. And I was very generous, by the way, to Kamala Harris, very generous. And I was generous to Susan Page um, from USA Today, who was the moderator. I've moderated two Republican presidential debates myself, so I know what goes into that and, and have a sense of things. Anyway, what did they do? Within seconds of me just saying, you know, look, you know, she did a good job. She's competent, et cetera. I, I just fundamentally do not agree with her on her policy. 
And that's the bottom line, right? Because I believe in capitalism and I believe in the freedom of every American to be able to get ahead. And I would like to see, I'd like to see real policy changes, right? So that we enable everybody to pursue the American dream. And what happened? YouTube said, yep, yeah, no, no, not advertiser friendly. Uh, my team filed a ticket. Thank goodness I have a team that goes and files a ticket. What do you do if you don't, right? They go in, they file a ticket. It gets reviewed by an actual human who realizes, no, you know, Trish is just saying her point of view and uh, everything's fine again. In the meantime, they've managed to suppress the video. So if it had, you know, six or 8,000 views, none of those views get counted and you start over from zero and they've kept it out of the public space for that long. So think about what's going on on a mass scale right now. Because this is happening to conservatives everywhere. And I know if you're listening to this show, you're pr probably very, very concerned about it. So call in. Let's talk about it. 1-8-Prager-776. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a trained engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take Relief Factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but my back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain in your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day. And after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's the three-week quick start for just $19.95. And you should know this. About 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer and go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384.